Alright, what is going on y'all? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounce. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Uh, tonight, we got a lot to get into. We're going to get into some uh, international news. Uh, dealing with the U.S., of course, but on the national, on the international global scale. I also want to get into the NFL draft as well. My thoughts on that, and I also want to get into what else I got going on for the course of the week. Uh, so let's get on into it. Of course, like I said, let's get into it. The world on the street, and first things first, the Biden administration is pushing a global corporate tax. I thought this was something I wanted to get into because. Um, this is something I know I've been critical of the regime so far, uh, but this is actually something that I that I do like. I'm going to tell you why I agree with a corporate tax as well. Now, the chair of the Council of Economic Affairs, Cecilia Rouse, is advocating for a global minimum tax on corporations. Uh, and pretty much she would go on to say that the corporations, she wants the corporations uh, to pay their fair share and to, you know, and to eliminate some of the loopholes uh, that they you know that they currently get to not be taxed of course uh, the Trump administration uh, lowered their tax rate to about 21 percent uh, he also gave us a temporary tax credit as well for like a few months and then it was back to normal um, my feeling is about a corporate tax um, I think the higher the better I think they're clearing way too much money for them to even be tripping about attacks I'm sorry guys um, there's I, I've heard the libertarian argument I've heard conservative arguments about it um, I'm not tripping about the corporations sorry um, they tax our income they tax our sales they tax where we live at fuck them they need to pay some of this as well fuck them um, and all this whole oh, they should just jump around and they can just jump and leave the country this is why I'm actually in favor of this global corporate tax because it it, it bypasses that little bullshit that they would try to pull oh we'll, we'll just go to England and open up shot there no because we're going to tax you too bitch that's how it should be and I'm sorry for all my conservative buddies. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're going to take the... No, they're not. They're just... And then, and if they do take whatever jobs away, it'll just prove that prove their greed. They're just greedy motherfuckers. Okay? They need to pay... They need to be paying some taxes. Um, and uh, as far as the America Jobs Plan, there's going to be a corporate tax rate involved with that, which Biden is trying to push, which I do support. It will push uh, the... That it will push the corporate tax rate from 21% to uh, 28%, which is almost 30. Uh, and, you know, people are bitching about this. I'm pretty sure they are. But if you go back in the past, I believe if you go to Eisenhower, maybe even Truman and those guys, the corporate tax rate was significantly higher. So let it go. Uh, you guys need to be definitely paying out your pocket. And when you guys were paying more in terms of your corporate tax, uh, we were a lot better off. We had a lot more opportunities. We had a lot more windfall in terms of protection against all type of debt. Now we don't because the rich motherfuckers, the corporations, the super wealthy, get to skirt out and say, well, we don't have to pay this. We don't have to pay that. They are currently working on legislation as we speak to not be sued for um, you know, things such as you know the what's going on with the vaccinations people getting you know messed up because of that they don't want to be sued because of that they constantly worked in every bill uh that required us okay so when they so last year we were getting our stimulus checks uh part of part of us getting that revolved around the republicans being able to say well uh we can no longer and corporations cannot be liable for suits uh that people may come to with 
come to you guys with referring to maybe them getting sick during this time at work or them having to come back or being anything, anything referring, you know, any type of lawsuits they've been absolving themselves from. So they get out of the lawsuits, they get out of paying taxes. And again, you and I, the working individual, regardless of, you know, skill set or pay rate. Again, you have your, your quote unquote tradesmen, uh, you know, complaining about the, the burger flipper mining, you know, wanting a couple more dollars just so he can get a, you know, a, a bedroom flat as well, you know, and, and, and this plumber guy's mad because the, the, again, the, the, the retail, you know, lady or the teacher wants a few more extra dollars and it just bothers him because wait, I don't have the extra dollars that I feel I deserve. I, I honestly think we all need to be getting paid more. It doesn't really matter what your position is. All this class classism bullshit, it's a lie. It's order to keep it's only here to keep us, you know, in this in in line and in chains. I'm sorry. Um again, that is what I'm saying here is, you know, what I might have just said sounds oh communist to certain people. Oh, he wants everybody to get paid the same. No, he's 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 channeling universal uh basic income. False. Uh, what I'm simply saying is that I don't care how we do it, uh, whether it's, you know, we get certain people are getting paid. We, we're increasing um, minimum wages or we're decreasing the housing market or we're regulating that to the point where there's adequate housing to fit all incomes. I think we should be doing those type of things. I'm not necessarily saying the plumber need or the electrician and the trades guys and the guys who do CEOs needs to get paid the same as a burger flipper. But if the burger flipper or the guy who works at the mall, the lady who's a teacher or the lady who works retail, uh, they sh at their above 21 years old or 18 really in reality, cause that's the adult age in this country. Any wage that they should be making should be in, in line with some type of housing in wherever area that they're at. And if it's not, then they're wasting their time. I mean, I think that's the biggest advice that I give to I would give to any young adult. Do not be concerned about just working. Um, if you can get extra extra education, do that trade, etc. Blah 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 blah. Whatever you need, that's what you do. Cause cause again, corporations. Um, they are constantly, constantly controlling the rate at which they pay taxes, constantly fighting the wages that you might receive, the benefits you can, you know, you can be afforded in terms of their health care. Again, they need to pay taxes. That's that's how uh, I feel. The European Com uh, Commission um, based in the UK has also joined in these talks as well, like I said. So England in particular is very interested in seeing what these plans are because they want to be able to check these corporations too. Um, that's how I feel. Uh, check the corporations. Uh, you know, I'm not afraid of the corporations. I don't, you know, a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they skirt around, you know, it's easy for people to get into racism, right? It's easy for people to talk about sexism and, and homophobia and transphobia and, and, and to worry about those things. But nobody is worried about the true, uh, true, you know, mastermind that's getting all, all of us at each other's throats while they continue to, you know, benefit. And we're talking about the corporations. We're talking about the, the, the true uh, controllers of this society. And when we understand that, hey, maybe... We'll, have, we'll be able to break free. Maybe we'll be able to break free together. But if we continue to fight and be uh, in, in what these conservatives will call our special interest groups, then we won't be able to help each other, and then we won't be able to figure ourselves out. So y'all think about it. 
Uh, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, but corpor corporations need to pay taxes. If we have to pay taxes, then so should they. Uh, moving on. Um, like I said, we are still dealing, dealing on an international scale, but of course, the U.S. is involved. Uh, well, there's no real segue into this one, but North Korea is very mad at your man, Joe Biden. Uh, recently, President Biden said that North Korea's nuclear program was a serious threat to global security. North Korea responded by saying Biden is going to carry out a hostile policy uh, in terms of checking the and uh, this is a quote coming from the White House spokeswoman, Jane Psaki. She went on to say, our policy will not focus on achieving a grand bargain, nor will it rely on strategic patience. So I don't if I if I take if I were to take this quote at face value, I almost hear from what I'm I'm hearing is that they want a physical confrontation. I just said face value. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm hearing confrontation. She's saying we're not trying to work a, out a deal. These not, They're not thinking about a, a grand bargain or some big deal like Trump was trying to do. And they're not going to sit there and wait it out. So, of course, there's currently sanctions on North Korea as well as Iran because of their nuclear programs. Um... And also, the U.S. will be meeting with national security advisors from South Korea and Japan in the near future. And this is very interesting because um, this is a quote from Kwon Jong-un. This is the Department of U.S. Affairs of the Foreign Ministry, of course, for North Korea. Um, he went on to say, and he, I think more so reflecting on this quote here uh, from the White House, he went on to say, the statement clearly reflects his intent to keep enforcing the hostile policy towards the DPRK, as it has been done by the U.S. for over half a century. And uh, I might say something here that might shock you guys, that might have you guys think I'm crazy. But I'm willing to go out on a limb and do it. I think... <clears throat> the U.S. should leave North Korea alone. I think the U.S. should stop bullying North Korea. I don't know Kim Jong-un as a person. Yes, we hear about certain things that goes on in this country that may or may not be savory. That's not up for us to really get into. It's not for us as the U.S. to play world police. I feel like there are there could be possibly bigger threats to us than North Korea with nukes. Again, remember how I talked about proxy wars? We talked about that before with the U.S. Um, dealing with uh, Iran in terms of, you know, their connections with, you know, Russia and their allies as well. Well, North Korea is a communist country. And... I'm pretty certain that beef with North Korea was would eventually spark up something with Russia. And the reason why I'm saying right now the U.S. needs to stop bullying North Korea, it makes them look soft in my opinion. For one, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't. I, again, I it's I don't feel like it's up to the U.S. to tell anybody who should have nukes when they have the largest arsenal out there. I think that's bullshit. 
it makes us feel better at night that nobody has nukes and we have all of them. That's y'all problem. That's the that's a first world Caucasian problem. Sorry. If if they got the technology to do so, then hey, that's what that's the energy you put out there. That's what you gotta deal with. That's y'all karma. Hopefully, if you as long as you stay about their business and stop messing with them, they won't feel prompted to use them. That's how I that's what I believe. Also, we talked a few months ago, and I've mentioned a couple of times on this, on my, on this here, on this platform here, that Russia has already made moves against the U.S. militarily anyway, whether it be through their air force doing all type of shit with their, with their air force, all different types of interactions. There, we've talked about that in the past. We've all, we've also talked about more recently what they're doing on the Alaskan coast around our islands and in our our commercial zones where they're threatening our commercial vessels so to so to go around and tell North Korea to stop its nukes when you have Russia in your backyard telling telling your commercial ships where they can and cannot go you a bitch for that cuz I'm just gonna say it like it is you and you and Trump with some bitches for that y'all some hoes for that leave leave Kim Jong-un alone and how about you check Putin Check Putin for coming into our territory. He more of a threat than Kim Jong-un. He actually up in the territory with armed. He's armed and ready and don't like you. So you acting like a punk. I don't know why y'all acting like punks when, when Russia around. But y'all want to y'all wanna punk Iran. Y'all want to punk North Korea. It ain't my business to judge. Shoot, with the, way that, with the way that we carry it, with the way that the stuff that we allow in this country, please. We, 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 I'm just, I, come on now. They, listen, the Biden administration still has not addressed police shootings. They look out for others. They putting others against each other. They got the media doing it. That's the type of shit America pulls. So I, I'm not judging. I'm not judging North Korea when I know America play game. Just saying. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. I ain't doing it. That's, uh, oh, before I let y'all go, there is an update on uh, the COVID. Um, well, there's a COVID surge going on in India right now. It's getting pretty ugly. Recently, they've had 400 total cases. Well, they're topping 400 total cases in a single day for the first time ever. Uh, for the past 10 straight days, they were averaging 300,000. Now, vaccines are being made available, but it doesn't look like it's enough to, of course, fulfill the demand. There's so many people out there. Uh, currently, well, recently, there's been a lot of mass gatherings and political dis- uh, political demonstrations uh, that have been big factors. So people are coming out there maskless. Um, of course, India, like I said, we are what we know is a huge population. Uh, so all these people together. You know, they're shouting there. Of course, we we keep being told by the CDC. It's obviously being spread through um, the droplets and people interacting as opposed to touching and stuff like that or touching surfaces. So, again, you have this spike going up. Now, total deaths for COVID so far in India have just been over 200,000. So, 
scientific advice, but the scientific advisors had already warned local officials about a contagious develop a, cont a contagious variant developing in the country, uh, but nobody you know decided to file any notices or let the people know. No restrictions were made, of course. Um, but total COVID cases have topped 19 million, uh, with 70 oh, sorry with 7.7 7 cases recorded since February. Now back to the number, total number of people dead. 200,000 over 200,000 out of 19 million. I'm not a math expert, but I don't think that's a whole lot of folk, especially when you look at the population in India. I don't, I'm iffy on that vaccine stuff, but if people feel comfortable, if it gives them a sense of comfortability in this society, then fine. I was I understood some of the restrictions. I understood not coming out certain parts, you know, certain places and being all in mass gatherings. Um, I've definitely I will say this, even though I'm a homebody, I felt like I have uh taken for granted the ability to go out, especially when I was mobile and I had a whip and I was able to go out and see people and go places. So I do miss being able to do that. So I do understand uh, where people want things to be, you know, like it used to be. I sometimes find myself kind of going back and forth, but really this is why I don't really care about any type of drama or arguments about it. I think having arguments about it is stupid. You want to wear your mask, wear your mask. Well, you got to wear your mask in a public place anyway. Um, it just depends on where you are. If you are have, if you happen to be lucky and live in a place like Idaho where you ain't got to wear a mask and you ain't nobody chilling about it, hey, that's the way it is. Um, some places they're gonna they're gonna flip on you for not wearing one or wearing one. It, I I don't I think that stuff is retarded. I think all that is is unnecessary. You don't need to cuss at somebody for for wearing a mask. You don't need to cuss at somebody for not wearing a mask. Um, you should do whatever you feel comfortable with. I mean I don't I, I mean again, um, if 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 giving if getting the shot and getting the vaccine makes you feel comfortable. It puts you at ease. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen to you. Then fine. If you feel that you can just keep your immune system up, eat the proper, you have the proper diet, get the proper exercise. Of course, you know, practice your social distancing when you need to. Not take it super, you know, neurologically. You know, then you good. Like I mean, I think there's a, a healthy way to handle both sides of this. I mean, and the fact that we argue with each other. I've seen some of these videos or some of these clips and just these people just, just taking this shit right too seriously. If it bothers you that much, just don't go to that specific store, you know, or don't shop in a public place. If you, you know, tripping that hard about wearing a mask and you know you in an area where you, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. You know, again, if you feel that bad about how things were during COVID and how you hate the liberals, then move to a conservative city. We, oh, yeah. We'll talk more about those too, by the way. But um, yeah, I mean, do do whatever you gotta do. But I, you know, all this complaining about this and that. Uh, again, um, I, I personally, you know, in terms of government, government, and you know how you know my think my views have changed. I told you guys I I found myself being anti-republican, anti-democratic, more so trying to you know revamp that political system and i don't want to sound crazy with you guys so you know at some point in time i will share some of those ideas about you know what i would like to see or what i could see you know 
be changed about how we do this. Um, because again, I don't, I don't truly believe in, in the democratic paradigm. I don't believe in the Republican anymore. Um, I think they're both, they're both here to control, uh, people and they, <laughs> and they do a good job of it. I think they both sell out for the corporations. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think either one of them are better or evil, more evil than the other. I think they appeal to what people's belief systems are and, and that's what makes them popular. Um, of course, liberals want to be liberal and they want to be tolerant of people. Um, sometimes to a, to a weird degree and that's what it is. And the democratic party appeals to that. Can't blame them for that. That's what keeps people voting for them. That's what gets them nominated or elected for president. Um, same thing for conservatives, for Republicans. You know, they, they want to hear law and order. They're some a lot more religious. So they're looking for a candidate that's going to be that. I mean, it's, it's who people are. You can't you can't fault people for wanting something to, you know, fall a little bit more within their belief system or their paradigm. And I have a problem with it. But neither one is uh, neither one is better than the other, or or more efficient for the country. Um, when I look when I look back at it all, that's just that's just my personal opinion. Uh, but again, I'm gonna take a quick break. Uh, we're gonna break down the NFL draft. Um, it was a it was it was a doozy to say the least. At least as a Raider fan, and I'll talk about why. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. <laughs> It was last Thursday, of course, through the weekend. I think the last day was Saturday. Um, of course, seven rounds. We're not gonna break down all the rounds, but of course, I'm gonna break down the the highlight round, which is pretty much round one. I'm gonna break down uh, all the picks, 32 picks. Um, break down kind of my opinion about each one as much as I can, because I also have some takes takeaways afterwards. I want to get through also some winners and some losers. I got a couple grades as well. So, like I said, we're going to break down the draft picks, also some takeaways. So, let's get into it, of course, with round, my round one recap. Uh, at the number one spot, of course, the Jaguars, with no surprise, uh, they pick quarterback Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Uh, this pick here, um, I know it was a, you know, of course, slam dunk or, of course, um, easy pickings. Of course, they needed a quarterback. Um this one he's the best one available um at least you know that's what it says on paper i i I was just talking to my grandpa we were just having a laugh about it because earlier today by myself i was in my mind thinking you know we haven't had a big time bus yet i feel like somebody's gonna be just it just randomly came in my my head like a thought like somebody's gonna be a ryan leaf somebody's gonna fall off i well, you know what? I'll get more into why I feel that way in just a second. But, you know, long story short, my, my pop started talking about Jamarcus Russell later on. 
tonight and we kind of laughed and we and I kind of said I have a feeling one of these quarterbacks is going to be a, a Jamarcus Russell or just a flat out bust. I don't know who right away, but I just have a feeling. And again, like I said, I'll break down why in my takeaways. Um, but at the number two spot, we have Zach Wilson, of course, another quarterback here out of BYU. Uh, for the Jets, of course, another team that needed a quarterback. Um, this one I'm a little bit iffy on too. And again, I'm going to tell you why. Um, because I was like, but just so you know, I was really iffy about the number. Just for some reason, I was really iffy about all number one, all round one quarterback picks this year. Um, again, Trey Lance, uh, number three pick, 49ers, going to North Dakota State. That one, I'm a little bit more on the fence on the side of he's actually okay. Um, I'll talk a little bit about uh, more about that pick too in just a second, um, because again I lumped all those quarterbacks together. But at number four we had the Falcons. Uh, they take tight end Kyle Pitts out of Florida. I thought this was a smart pickup for them. Uh, they need people to you know to pass the ball. I mean to you know for you know um, Matt Ryan to pass the ball to, and they're doing a good job of that. Unlike other teams we know, Packers, <clears throat> Green Bay, <clears throat> stupid. Um, but um, good solid. Uh, tight end. People say he could play receiver in some packages. Uh, that's what Matt Ryan needs um, if they want to again kind of get to some type of um, competence and you know competitiveness, competitiveness, some type of uh, you know some type of achievement before he retires. At least you know some type of playoff push, something like that. Um, I definitely think Kyle Pitts helps out with that. Um, at the number five spot, we have wide receiver Jamar Chase out of LSU. Of course, um, they hook Burrow up with a teammate. Um, I've heard a lot of people, uh, you know, put their spin on this. I heard your boy recently, um, one of one of my YouTube cats. I got everybody that inspires me on YouTube or you know inspires me to make a video or I look at a lot. I'm always going to shout them out here. So. Um, Flimlo, one of my football uh, go-tos when I want to learn something or when I, you know, want to be inspired about how to make a video or something like that. Um, he's a Bengals fan, and uh, according to him, he's actually okay with this pick. He actually uh, predicted this pick a couple, uh, maybe a couple weeks back. Um, he's down with it. Um, he's heard a couple. He heard a couple different things about Sewell. Um, Pinay Sewell, who was projected to go in this spot, that kind of, um, you know, solidified his opinion. I heard a couple things about him as well. Um, I watched him a lot, of course, being an Oregon fan. And I'd be the first to tell you I'm kind of iffy on him being a as high as he was. I'm not saying he's not necessarily number one or maybe a high round two pick or low one. Um, but at seven for the Lions, hey, they got to do what they got to do. They do have a solid O-line slash kind of in the trenches kind of coach with Dan Campbell. So I will give them a pass. Um, I will get back to that in just a second. Uh, but for Jamar Chase, um, I also, but I, you know, hearing what I've heard from other people about this pick, I'm actually going to say, you know what, I kind of, I kind of don't like this one. I know you want to give Joe Burrow weapons. I know you want to give him people to, you know, he can throw the ball to. You want him to be successful. You want him to be productive. 
Uh, but part of being productive is being available. Part of being productive is being upright as a quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be a game manager or you, don't, or you want him to be like that. But at the very least, you want your quarterback to be able to stand upright, to be able to make plays, to be able to see what's going on, what's coming after him, what could come after him. And a solid O-line does that. You had guys like Slater. He could have went. Of course, you're not going to make a reach like we did to get Leatherwood. I'm talking about my Raiders here. Um, but there's some, old, there's some O-linemen. Like I said, Rashawn Slater that was available. Uh, you also had um, oh um, somebody out of um, oh man the Vikings took him oh man I got his name right oh yeah Kish Christian Darisaw so there was a couple players that you might not have went with Sewell uh, but especially at the tackle spot particularly the left tackles which they needed I would have went there um, that's my personal opinion um, I, I think Jamar Chase is a good solid pickup. Uh, probably the best receiver next to probably Jalen Waddle. Um, again, an asset, but I think you want to worry, especially coming. And again, I, maybe I'm thinking about the injury too much, and I'm worried about it. You know, I saw how I, I'm looking at the, how the boy looked, man, because I was really, I personally was gung ho about. Well, I wasn't necessarily gung ho about Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati per se, but you know, but. I'm I'm gung ho about him being protected because I saw how he was laid out. You know he's not playing right now because of a failing online. line. Um, that's 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 the thing. You know, so to get a receiver and it's like yo, old. Oh, I mean, again, and they did lose a couple of receivers. They lost John Ross, of course. They lost AJ Green, but there there were there were some solid free agents. Um, there were still solid receivers you could have gotten in the second, maybe even third round. So, to, so to go here, I, I, I get it. You want to make sure you get somebody there, but I, I you gotta make sure you keep your quarterback upright. So I don't know if I'm 100 percent with that one. At number six, we had the Dolphins. They take Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Um, easy pickup. Of course, you want to hook up the teammates with the teammates. Uh, Tua come out of Bama. A year or so back, of course, he gets his one of his main targets with Jalen Waddle. I get it, but again, uh, I mean, Tua was a quarterback that I, mm, even his teammates wasn't a hundred percent. I mean, again, that's why I see. I mean, you got him a wide receiver, but his old line was questionable, kind of too. So, but again, you gave him uh, somebody to throw to, so that would help. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a pass on that one. At number seven, we had the Lions here, Pene Suel, like I said, out of Oregon. I saw a lot of tape of him. I think this is a kind of, re of, of reach here. Um, Oregon was a very different style of offense compared to what you're going to see in the pro level. I don't know if he's 100% ready for that in terms. I think he has the body set, the build, and the strength. I don't know if he um, has the skill set and the technique just yet to be able to uh, play in a pro-style offense. That's my opinion. But, again, uh, Dan Campbell there, he's a good in-the-trenches in the kind of coach. If he's going to inspire anybody, if anybody's going to inspire Swell to um, to reach his potential, it's going to be him, at least for that position of player. At number at number eight we have uh, for the Panthers J.C. Horn, defensive back out of South Carolina. Thought this was a great pickup for them. 
a plus move. At number nine, we have the Broncos. They ended up getting Patrick Sertain out of Alabama. Patrick Sertain is second, mind you. Uh, of course, his father played in, in the league of, well, some years back. Um, this one, I'm going to have to knock the Broncos a little bit. I do have a final grade for them. I'll get into them a little bit later. Uh, but I'm going to knock that pick. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. At number 10, we have the Eagles. Uh, they pick up wide receiver Devontae Smith out of uh, Alabama. Um, you know, solid pickup. The, the very best player, wide receiver probably in the draft. I know there's going to be knock on his weight. I knocked his weight, but I think if he bulks up a little bit, I think he already has a skill set to be one of the best. I just think, I just think his body needs to be pro-ready. But he's a highest winner. Um, Fred Belitnikoff winner in college best receiver um multiple all type of awards so definitely decorated i think going to the next level um again he just needs to bulk up and he's gonna be all right at number 11 uh we have the bears here they get the quarterback justin fields at ohio state um of course no brainer they needed the quarterback they got rid of trubisky of course nick Foles was not gonna work uh so they needed somebody um and I think they made a solid couple of uh, offensive line choices, too. So, overall, a decent draft for them. But it all started off with quarterback uh, Justin Fields. The number 12 spot, we have the Cowboys. Uh, they get linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. 13th spot, we have offensive tackle Rashad Slater uh, out of Northwestern. He goes to the Chargers. I like that pick. Uh, of course, the Chargers need to protect their quarterback. So, they smart. Uh, <laughs> they made sure they protected their new their uh their new quarterback Justin Herbert. They got them one of the best tackles that they could pick. <laughs> so, um, good move by them. At number fourteen, uh, we have uh, the Jets getting a guard out of USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. Again, highly rated at his position. Uh, probably one of the best guards in the draft. Uh, Jets. They needed an O line. They needed O line help. Uh, I think they did make a couple other. Uh, selections there uh, so again they did they did a decent job um, all together at number 15 we have the Patriots here uh, they do get Mac Jones quarterback out of Alabama um, he definitely dropped a few places people thought he was going to go to the Niners that didn't happen he drops all the way to number 15 but he goes into a good spot um, potentially in my opinion because he I think he has a well. I know for a fact he'll be able to compete with Cam Newton if he doesn't beat out Cam Newton right away. Um, at least he has an opportunity to learn um, by somebody you know solid, a former MVP. At number seventeen, we have the Raiders. Uh, they pick offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood. I'll break that pick down in a little bit out of Alabama. At uh, number eighteen, we have the Dolphins. They pick edge rusher Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Solid pick up there. Um, the Dolphins balance. Uh, they get the raw receiver they want. They get the pass rusher. Pass rushing is a is a premium in the league. Smart pickup. At number nineteen, the Washington football team they pick up Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. Number twenty spot, uh, the Giants pick raw receiver Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Uh, at number twenty one, we have the Colts. They get edge rusher uh, Kawiti Pay out of Michigan. At uh, number 22, we have the Titans here. They get defensive back Caleb Farley um, out of Virginia Tech. Offensive tackle Christian Darisaw. He would go to the Vikings at the number 23 spot um, out of Virginia Tech as well. Highest rated. Well, I believe 
probably the second highest rated offensive tackle next to Slater. Um, very solid pick for the Vikings. Of course, they want to make sure, you know, their quarterback is protected. Unlike teams we know. They want to protect their quarterback. Um, they've, they've seen the trucks trust what Kirk can do. So they're going to keep him in the pocket. They're going to keep him uh, doing what he can do best, which is pass the ball. Again, it's not that hard, Bengals fans. It's not that hard. Um, at number 24, we have the Steelers. They get a running back here, uh, Nijay Harris out of Alabama. Uh, they already uh, they already drafted a quarterback last year. Um, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was out of Kentucky. As Oh, Benny Snell, Benny Snell Jr. out of Kentucky. Um, I guess he didn't come through the way they wanted him to. Uh, so they looked at Nijay Harris here. I don't know. I think this is, I mean, I think this is a reach here, definitely, for what they're going for. Um, maybe offensive line. They lost a couple of pieces there. That's where I would have went. Possibly receiver. Um, Juju Smith has regressed, in my opinion. Other wide receivers haven't really stepped up. You have James Washington there. He hasn't really stepped up. Deontay Johnson, he hasn't stepped up either. Maybe you get a, a wide receiver or a tight end. Running back, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're solid defensively. I don't think they needed a running back. At number 25, we have the Jaguars. They picked again. Uh, they get running back Travis Etienne out of Clemson, of course. So another teammate uh, for well, for your boy. Um, who they get that they first pick, of course. I forgot already. Trevor Lawrence, of course. They get his teammate Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, I don't know how to feel about Jacksonville's draft. They got a couple players that I do like. Like Andre Cisco out of uh, Syracuse, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if they got what they needed offensive line wise. Um, I have to see what they do in terms of free agency, um, but I, I'm iffy, especially when they, you know, going with Trevor Lawrence with that first pick. I'm very iffy about getting Travis Etienne with that second pick of the first round. And number twenty six, the Browns, uh, they were able to get defensive back Greg Newsom, Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern. At number 27, the Ravens, uh, they got wide receiver Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. At number 28, the Saints got defensive end Peyton Turner out of Houston. At number 29, uh, the Packers get defensive back Eric Stokes out of Georgia. At number 30, we have the Bills get my favorite edge rusher in the draft, Greg Russo out of Miami. At number 31, the Ravens, they just they just know how to draft edge rushers and, edge rushers, edge rushers and linebackers. Uh, they get Odefe. Owe out of Penn State, and then at number two we get the Bucks. Uh, they get another edge rusher as well, as well, Joe Tyrant out of Washington. So that recaps round round one. Um, a couple of my takeaways, and of course my winners and losers of the draft. I'm gonna have to go with the Denver Broncos as a loser. Uh, I feel like they missed out on Justin Fields when they really needed a quarterback. Uh, Drew Locke hasn't done anything for them. Uh, they were hoping on, uh, sorry, they were hoping on. Aaron Rodgers uh, to come through, but that that deal fell apart. Uh, but you know they do have a really solid secondary. I'll give them that. But overall, I'm gonna have to give them a C. Uh, next up, we have Houston. I'm gonna give them a D. Uh, they had no first or second round picks due to the Laramie Trunsil trade. Uh, well, trading for him, uh, and they missed out on on you know what could have been some possible great talent. There were some good players here. Uh, they would get a projected third rounder in the third round, David Mills at the quarterback spot. Uh, but I don't 
feel like he's a starter caliber quarterback, especially with Deshaun Watson. Um, his his time in Houston is up in the air. Uh, so, like I said, Houston, another loser in the draft. I'm going to give them a D. Seattle, I think they they were a loser in the draft as well. I'm going to give them a C-. minus. Uh, they only had three picks in the draft due to their trade for safety Jamal Williams. No first-round pick. Uh, so, you know, again, I feel like they missed out on what could have been some type of highly, at least, you know, again, you know, we don't know how all these players pan out just the way it is. Some first-round players are busts. Some third-round players are gems. It just happens like that. But, um, you know, they traded first-round picks for a safety. You don't do that, um, especially when you have other needs for the future. So, I, I you know, I didn't really like that from Seattle. They missed out on, on, on my opinion, some serious talent this year. C-minus. Um, one team that I am iffy on is my team, the Raiders. Um, I'm stuck between giving them a B minus and a B. And part of that is because of the Alex Leatherwood pick. Um, some people ranked him as a late first round pick. Others had him going in the second or even the third round in some cases. So I'm very, I'm not even too sure about where he's going to land. Um, he's pretty much going to be compared to Derisaw and of course Slater. Um, the two higher rated tackles within the draft. Uh, we'll see how they go. We'll see, you know. As they go, he goes, you know, pretty much. Um, because people are going to say, a lot of people, a lot of people are going to say the Raiders reached for Leavenwood. A lot of people are not. Um, for what I know, from what I know, from what the facts tell me, uh, he is an all-conference lineman. He is an Outland Trophy winner, so he's one of the best offensive tackles in the nation, at least in college. Uh, he's also a first-team All-American. Uh, so I have to give him those things. Of course, he has weaknesses like any other player would. We won't really know how he looks until he plays a game. Uh, the Raiders did a good, good job of adding some depth within the secondary. Secondary with safeties uh, Trayvon Mooring out of TCU and Tyree Gillespie out of Missouri, also defensive back Nate Hobbs out of Illinois. Now I know a lot of people really were critical of that Alex uh, of that first round pick of uh, Alex Leatherwood, uh, probably because of course uh, I guess the word on the town is that we need. Uh, members of the secondary um i'm to the point now where i feel like on the defensive front you're gonna have the players that's gonna be in your main rotation uh you got ngagwe crosby uh you got a couple of the players i want to say nasa is still there i could be wrong about that but you do have the front seven pretty much set you have your linebacker still set you have kiwatowski i think you still have littleton there as well so you at least have your starting people there um in terms of your secondary um there was no there was no possible way that the raiders were going to get jc horn or Patrick Sertain with a first round pick. And in terms of in terms of my in my personal opinion, um they probably could have got Greg Newsom the third if they really wanted to make that move. But in my personal opinion, if it wasn't gonna be JC Horn or Patrick Sertain in the first round, ain't really no point I mean, I don't think any 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 pick could have been a home run, uh, necessarily outside of those two. In my personal opinion, I still thought they added some depth. They were able to get some safeties. They got the defensive back that they needed, uh, as well. At least, like I said, for depth. Uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be super critical of that. Like I said, if I'm going for a first round pick, I personally would have wanted Patrick Sertain, or um, or or Casey or J C Horn. They're not gonna be there at number seventeen. We knew that, so there was no point in tripping about it. Um, I think they took the best athlete. 
available that they for their scheme for what they wanted to do um and this is what the raiders tend to do i think people like to get after the raiders for this because they're not picking i guess the the logical choice for everybody else uh again they still needed help on the o-line I think more so than anywhere else because O line. I mean, again, they protect the quarterback um, in a court in a league that defensively, like I said, pass rushing is a premium. So again, when you invest in that, I think nothing you can't really go wrong there. Uh, they sign a guard uh, or sorry, a center out of uh, Pitt as well. So you can't really give them too much of a of of a negative score here because they hit they still hit their needs and they got a lot of depth within those needs particularly in that secondary in in terms of safety um they lost a couple of linemen as well so they brought a couple of those people of those guys in young guys that they can work with work and put into their system see if they can work you know um that's what you do in the draft not you don't know how you know a pick is going to pan out tomorrow we don't know that um, and people give the Raiders a lot of hell because they don't get, I guess, the the pick that they want them to get or the pick that, you know, the typical pick. No, they get exactly what works for them. Uh, case in point, linebacker Divine Diablo. Uh, he's basically seen as a linebacker uh, safety hybrid uh, who could play in a cover three system, something that the Raiders want to work more into. Uh, that's why they brought in Jeff Heath last year. They wanted extra bodies there to run that type of coverage because again coverage was a problem for them it's, it's been a problem for them uh so again i think they're adding the bodies there they they've they had a pretty decent uh free agency hall i think this is a the more i do think about it i do think it's a more solid draft than what i gave it credit so i'm gonna give this one a b I do, and, and and as far as Devon Diablo, he is somebody that's, that has been rated as a potential starter. I'm um, also, like I said, I, I was definitely iffy on all the quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round, especially the ones, uh, especially going, especially the ones going to teams with it, with it, with intentions to start them right away. Um, that being Jacksonville, Chicago, and the Jets, because those teams are usually dumpster fires, meaning they've been trash. Each of these teams have multiple areas of concern as well, primarily on the O-line, which I do feel uh, that, sh- that the Jets addressed uh, significantly. I can't say Chicago did that to an I can't say that Chicago did that very well or Jacksonville. I feel Trey Lance and Mac Jones do have a chance to learn behind a quarterback that's a bridge, albeit a begrudging bridge, like for San Francisco. Um, you do have Jimmy G, who the Niners have said that they do not want to trade as of now. That's what they're saying. And um, as of now, we have Cam Newton still being tabbed at the, as the starter for New England. So there might be a competition. Um, if not, then, of course, that quarterback is going to have at least a year or two to kind of pick uh, pick some stuff up from a decent quarterback. So um, I'm, iffy, I'm iffy on more so Justin Fields, also Trevor Lawrence, and of course Wilson, even though I do like Wilson a lot. Uh, but I do feel Trey Lance and Mac Jones, as long as they're not rushing anything, I do feel like those two guys have a chance. A couple winners I want to talk about real quick. Uh, the Ravens, um, they got all their team needs met, particularly at wide receiver, of course, with Rashad Bateman with the number 27 overall pick. They also got Ty Long Wallace out of Oklahoma State with the number 131 pick. Really good draft. They also got a tight end as well as usual. Uh, they seen the draft edge rushes really well. Of course, 
they got a, they got one of those in the first round. Ravens all over the place. Um, they get what they need. I'm going to give them an A. Also, uh, wanted to give high uh, notes to Dallas and Pittsburgh. This particularly is just because I looked at all the bodies that they added. Tons of death. I don't know what they do with everybody. I don't know exactly who makes it. Uh, but the fact that they went ahead, they said, we're going to take advantage of it. We're going to get all these different slots filled up, uh, see what we can work with. I think both teams are kind of in a point where they might be changing their identity slightly for some uh for pittsburgh they might be getting ready for life without ben roethlisberger pretty soon um for dallas they might switch some things up offensively even with or just who they are um in general with uh dak prescott at the helm so bringing a lot of different players here being able to kind of run through them and kind of see what you can get uh see what you can do see who fits where i think i think that's in a way genius that's just me. All right, y'all. I'm going to call it a wrap for tonight. If you are looking to get in touch with me, of course, you can follow me on my Instagram, ljamah791, E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791. Once again, ljamah791, E-L-J-A-M-A-H. You can also follow me on my Facebook page as well, Never Out of Bounce. Also, the YouTube channel as well. Check that out, my newest video. I'm talking about the 10 worst Republican cities out there also working on my part two look out for that sometime this week uh i am working on a review i do got something new for you guys um i'm probably going to be debuting it within the next few weeks or so maybe next month uh just depending on when i can get everything else done but it's going to be some artist showcase uh, i'm going to start off with a west coast artist first um maybe some of you heard of them maybe some of you haven't It'll 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 be a little bit down the line, but I'll reveal that to you the closer I get to at least starting it, starting everything out for that project. But anyways, I'm gonna call it a wrap. Uh, the next time you hear from me in terms of the podcast, uh, give me a couple days. I'll come back with some news. I'll have some sports updates, of course, and uh, we'll go from there, y'all. Also, plan on reviewing um, Mortal Kombat for you guys. I'll have a review on here as well. All right, y'all. If anybody hasn't told you yet, uh, peace out. I love you. Uh, Y'all have a good night. I'll holler at y'all later.